Hello, everybody, and welcome to 30 for Knowledge. I'm Danny. I'm George. And uh, as you can tell from the fact that I'm leading in, George is going to be presenting the topic this week. And uh, I know the the overall idea of what he's presenting. Uh, but, but not the detail. I know none of the details. And all I know is that there's a lot. So today I'm teaching Danny about the nine circles of hell. And my sources for this episode are the Penguin edition of Dante Aguilari's The Divine Comedy. I'm not going to be going into Purgatorio and Paradiso today, Danny, unfortunately. We are sticking to Inferno. We're sticking to hell. I'm so gutted. Those other two things that you said <laughs> are the things that I was waiting for. The place where it's like, it's kind of like, mm, it's all right. And then like, face out, it's like, this is great. Nothing ever happens. Well, like solid six out of ten on TripAdvisor kind of thing. Purgatorio. Yeah. Purgatorio, 100%. Is that, is that the original name? The original, non, the original name, Purgatorio. Well, I think it's just the Italian version right, of Purgatory. Okay. Yeah, my main source for this episode is Dante's Inferno. And Danny, you said before the episode you had like a vague, vague... You've you've heard the term before. Dante's Inferno, as in that title, is... It's not even Dante's Inferno, is it? It's the Inferno written by... Oh, no, it's the Divine Comedy written by... Yeah, Dante's Divine Comedy. Da, Dante's Divine Comedy. So as you can tell, my knowledge is already very wacky and incorrect, uh, mainly because the only knowledge I have of it is, like, apart from the, the general zeitgeist of, like, there's however many circles of hell and there's all these different things. The only other stuff I know about is from the game Dante's Inferno, which is obviously not accurate, as far as I know. Well, there's... I think they repeat names from the book <laughs> in the game. Um, but you, you know, we did classics, um, for one, one week day, one weekend day for a whole year. Uh, and yeah. hopefully your classical knowledge will come in handy. Oh, a you, little mean bit that, here. you mean that subject? I failed. Yeah. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I hope for your knowledge going more in handy for this than it did for our GCSE. Yeah. 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 That, that was worth getting up. That was every, totally worth every it. Every Saturday for a year. Um, so kind of just to like set the mood and set the tone. I have a great quote here from the Inferno uh, when Dante and Virgil are in the eighth circle of hell. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Virgil is? You know what's really weird? The more you're starting to say this stuff, the more I'm like, this sounds like Devil May Cry. A little <laughs> because bit. Because I know there's a character called Dante and a character called Virgil. Virgil's his brother? Yes. Okay, right. Okay, thank you, video games. So because, I mean, like, the names have become really popular. So the Dante of Devil May Cry mm-hmm. is probably the complete opposite right, okay. of actual Dante. Um, but there's this quote, which is going to kind of set the mood and set the tone for the episode and our, and our journey through hell, my friend. Oh, wow. I being dead to give him full experience and bound to lead him all through hell, from Gaia to Gaia, from ring to ring through every round. And this, I tell you, is the simple truth. Danny. The, the what truth? The simple truth. Simple. Okay, right. It's not simple. No. But I'm going to be the Virgil to your Dante today. Okay. See, have you seen South Park the movie? Oh, oh, dude. Of course. You, you, you not have. To. Little boy, you're going to hell. Yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I was wondering where we were going with that. <laughs> to hell. Cool. Shall we get I, started? I, I cannot wait. Let's go. So, just a bit, a bit of background for you. Virgil was the author of the Aeneid. The Aeneid. Okay. And which is the journey of and the tale of Aeneas before and after, uh, before and during. Sorry, the Trojan War. And we read the Aeneid Did we? in classics. <laughs> <laughs> so Aeneas was one, it was a, one, one of the famous heroes, kind of like Odysseus, and there's also Aeneas. But Odysseus was his journey home from the Trojan War, whereas okay. Aeneas' story, which Virgil wrote, his epic poem is set before the Trojan War and during it. 
Right, okay, okay. I didn't realise we already had the yeah. epic crossover. And he's, he's an ancient Roman author. Okay. And Dante, being like a medieval Italian man, he had great knowledge of the classics. He was from a wealthy family, so he was very well educated. He was really involved in political life. He was uh, had several like public offices in his life. Eventually he got caught up in the war between the Black Gelfs and the White Gelfs. And Italy at the time was struggling with wanting to rule themselves and wanting a holy Roman emperor, which is ordained by the Pope who is in charge of the country. The the, the black... Gelfs. Gelfs. Versus the, the white Gelfs. And this is the real kind of, history. This is real history, yes. This, this is the context that Dante is writing in. Yeah. So Dante wrote the Divine Comedy. It took him... To write all three parts, it took him... I think it took him about eight years. Those, those are amateur numbers. Um, maybe a bit longer than that. I need to consult my consult my notes on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he was like living in political exile. He was from Florence. Okay. And so as we go into hell, we're going to see some friends of Dante because it's quite Italian centric. Uh-huh. And it's quite amazing how no matter what circle of hell Dante is in, he will like cast his eye about amongst these like millions of souls and be like, oh, I know him. <laughs> Wait, so... so- what, um, did... Or, sorry to interrupt you, <laughs> someone will hear his Italian accent <laughs> and just be like, hey, you, Dante. Florentine. <laughs> okay. I know you. You so, lived amongst my time. So so Dante decided to start writing this thing in the midst of the Black Girlfriend. Kind of like girlfriend. a little bit of a political upheaval uh-huh. um, because he was uh, associated and was on the side of the white girl. Right. Um, and the Black Gulfs had actually taken over Florence, so he had to flee. Mm-hmm. Um, he was actually charged with a fine, which he had to pay. Otherwise, I think he would have been burnt at the stake. Um, he never returned He never returned to Florence after his exile and just kind of moved around. Um, and it was only, like, recently, maybe in the, maybe the 50s or 60s, if I remember rightly, that Florence pardoned Dante. Because right. Dante is, like, the father of the modern Italian language as mm-hmm. well. So before Wait, Dante's what? comedy, I know, it's like Dante's a <laughs> big, 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 big guy, Dante Aguilari. He, uh-huh. um, so he was responsible for bringing vernacular to the people in terms of reading. So people would get messages from Rome and the Pope and the church all in Latin. And most people in medieval Italy at the time couldn't read Latin mm-hmm. or even like read Italian. So by writing the Divine Comedy in vernacular Italian, that was the original medieval Italian, um, he's opening up, like, the world and and knowledge to the common people as well, which is something he really believed in. Wow, okay. He's, okay, he's responsible for a lot more than I originally gave him credit for. Fair enough. So that's a bit of of context. So if there's, like, you know, why is Dante suddenly talking to some random Italian and how, they just, like, flock to him. I was going to say, because one thing, as you were talking, one thing I did remember is someone mentioning how um the the divine comedy he it's him in it he yes. he's, he writes about him it's him going through the circles of hell and we're going with him Danny. we're going with him are you okay. ready i do i thought i was but clearly i'm not the story begins okay or our journey begins in anti-inferno kind of like anti-pasty <laughs> there's going to be a lot of italian jokes in this <laughs> so like an, anti-pasty is like not pasta yeah this is like anti-inferno. It's not hell yet. Okay. I, I love how how this topic has 
in no I don't know if it was planned or not planned how it entirely coincides at this time <laughs> at this particular time in history where there's about to be a very important football game against a very specific country. The irony of it has only just hit me you talking about it. It's England versus Italy tomorrow to give this episode a timestamp. Just just to give it a timestamp and just to, you know. I'm I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be attacking Italians here though. Oh okay. Not here. Okay. We'll leave we'll leave the demons of hell to do that. Okay, cool, got it. So we start off in the woods and our our main man Dante, he's the protagonist of his own epic poem. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how he got there in these woods, but he meets Virgil, who is, as I said, the famous ancient Roman poet who wrote the Aeneid. And eventually they decide, or Virgil has been sent to guide him through hell, and he is assigned to him as his protector and his guide. Um, Because ultimately Dante is seeking knowledge of like the heavens and being a big Christian and his own kind of Christian views and his views on politics all tied together in to what the punishments of different sins are and what they look like. Mm -hmm. So we're outside uh, uh, hell and then we reach the hell gate. Um, And outside the gates of hell, actually, are a large group of souls who are the apathetic. Before we talk about the apathetic, though, um, I've got a quite great bit for here from the from the poem about what the hell gate is like inscribed on the hell gate, quote, through me you go to the grief-wrapped city. Through me to everlasting pain you go. Through me you go and pass among lost souls. Justice inspired my exalted creator. I am a creature of the holiest power, of wisdom in the highest and of primal love. Nothing till I was made was made, only eternal beings, and I endure eternally. Surrender as you enter every hope you have. Wow. That's the the gates talking. That is or... the what's inscribed on the gates oh, of hell. Okay, I thought it was just a gate going wah wah wah, like the gates closing, <laughs> saying this stuff. Have you have you heard that saying? Um, Abandon hope, or ye you enter here. Yeah, that's yeah. Dante's Inferno. Oh, so wow. surrender as you enter. Every hope you have is the same thing. Right. So I think it just comes from a different translation of just the text. Just another interpretation of yep, okay, yeah. Translation. So outside the gates of hell, we have the apathetic. And the apathetic um, apathy are people who just don't particularly care about anything, right? So outside the hell gate, Dante can hear, quote, Sighing, sobbing moans and plaintive wailing, all echoed here through air where no star shone, and I, as this began, began to weep. Discordant tongues, harsh accents of horror, tormented words, the twang of rage, strident voices, the sound as well of smacking hands... Okay. Together these all stirred a storm that swirled forever in the darkened air where no time was, as sand swept up in breathing spires of wind. So outside the gates of hell, he just hears all of this screaming and wailing. So the way you described that, when it started, it doesn't. It didn't sound that bad. Like a bit of like sorrowful wailing and groaning and stuff. It sounded like you know bad dentist waiting room <laughs> kind of thing. But then you start going on, on and on, and it was like smacks and screams and stuff and i was like okay maybe this is kind of bad it gets better oh quote this baleful condition is one he said that grips those lives contentably who avoid alike of honor and ill fame these all co-mingle with a noisome choir of angels who not rebels yet not true to god existed for themselves alone so in the battle of heaven and earth sorry when the battle of heaven and hell when lucifer satan 
led his fallen angels, his rebel angels against God and his army, mm-hmm. the angels refused to choose a side. So people who sat on the fence and angels who sat on the fence, they're not even allowed to get into hell. So they just, they stay here or they stay where in this apathy place. And they're trapped outside because hell won't receive them. Heaven won't receive them. Because they just didn't care about anything in life. So, so, so that's like the first kind of punishment. It's like, oh, you didn't care about anything, so you don't get to go anywhere. Exactly. That is I mean, pretty I, harsh. I mean, it feels pretty harsh. It's like, you're not even allowed to enter. You're not allowed to take part in any of this just because you didn't have the passion to care for either side. It's crazy because I. it's something I say to... It's something I think. It's like when someone has a passion about something or someone cares about something, it's such a endearing human quality. <laughs> And people who lack passion, who just don't have interests, I find are like terribly boring people and I don't want to know them. (laughs) Okay. So like they're sat outside the gates of hell, unable to get in, but they are punished in a way. I was about to ask, dude, it's like if they're sat outside, they're not allowed in. Do they have a feeling of like, all right, so? Quote, I saw a banner running so rapidly, whirling forwards that nothing it seemed would ever grant it pause. So there's a banner flying around outside (laughs) the gates of hell. Quote, drawn by that banner was so long a trail of men and women, I should not have thought that death could ever have unmade so many. And while they're running after this banner for all eternity, quote, these wretched souls were never truly live. They now went naked and were sharply spurred by wasps and hornets thriving all around. The insects streaked their face of each with blood, mixing with tears the lines ran down and then were garnered at their feet by filthy worms. So they're running forever chasing after this banner mm-hmm. that they'll never catch, stung by hornets and wasps. And as their blood and, and, and you know, wounds like ooze onto the ground, that all that blood rots. And so they're just running in maggots. And like, we haven't even got into hell say, yet. We haven't started yet. And this sounds pretty horrifying. Then Dante <laughs> kind of passes out. Oh, Oh, what a, what a lazy storytelling <laughs> trick. And we wake up in circle one, limbo, which is the pagans and the bapti- unbaptized. So we've gone past the gates of hell now. We've left the apathetic, boring people outside. So circle one is limbo. Circle one is limbo. Got it. Okay. Which is even better than being outside of hell and just being chased by hornets and wasps. So you get the through the first gates and you're like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank Christ. <laughs> um... And so, like, the ones outside, like, didn't even get judged. Mm-hmm. They were just like, your lives are so boring. <laughs> your apathy was so was, offensive. There was not enough, there wasn't enough good or not enough bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So now we're in limbo one. We're in circle one limbo. The souls here are never harmed or punished, but will never be happy. Being so close to heaven, but never being able to get in. Dante does a humble brag of a lot during this uh, this these, this section of the poem about all of the famous souls he's bumping shoulders with. So he bumps shoulders <laughs> with like Aeneas, Caesar, Marcia, the Sultan Saladin. He just kind of like lists famous souls and famous people like he's a weird medieval Italian influencer. So so what does he? So he's just walking through it. Does he make mention about how they how he passes them and they and they? casually compliment him like oh Dante I forgot how handsome you were as you walk through the gates of hell they never like compliment his outward beauty but (laughs) throughout the poem he does get a lot of compliments about his like knowledge and his trust in the divine and how how great he is as a person so proper humble brags but from other people sometimes from other people yeah (laughs) 
or from Virgil being like, well said, Dante, well said. I never could have done that because I'm not you, Dante. Um, so, you know, he's rubbing shoulders with, with famous people who... And so these pagans were like people, like Virgil himself, when he finishes leading Dante through hell, he will return to Circle One. Okay. Because um, he belongs in limbo because he was a just man, believed in divinity, but just not the right divinity. Mm-hmm. So the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans, they didn't under, under, have an understanding of God and Christianity. Therefore, they can never get into heaven. Oh. However, they didn't do anything really bad and they were really good in their mm-hmm. lives. So they only go to limbo. So they're saying that the entirety of uh, ancient Roman, ancient Greece is in limbo by that respect? Or? Only like the the people that Dante likes. The, oh, okay. the famous poets and the philosophers okay. that only, were like just them. and true. Or, like Aristotle, Plato and stuff are all in there. And, and they're all in there just talking about how great Dante is when he's not around. Or when he's not around, they're probably just talking about like ethics and okay. the world. But they'll just be doing that for all eternity. Right. Now. Okay. Only sometimes do the kind of heathens, I'm doing air quotes, heathens, like not understanding Christianity, not knowing what it is. Sometimes they get lifted out and, and put in heaven. That okay. happens very rarely. Okay. There was like Noah and one other mention. I can't, I can't fault the system so far. Right. <laughs> the entrance to Circle 2 is guarded by Minos. Now, Minos was the son of Zeus in uh, mythology. He was the king of Crete and was known for being just and fair. And so when he died... He became one of the three judges of the underworld. Um, So Dante is kind of twisting a classical figure here. And in Dante's mythology of his kind of world he's making, his lower half is a snake. And it's metal as hell. It's so cool. Whose lower half is a snake? Minos. Minos. So we've passed through the gate. We've gone through limbo. Now we're in circle two. Minos decides the fate. So we're sorry. We're still in. We're outside circle two. And Minos decides the fate of all the souls who don't belong in Circle One. Mm-hmm. So he's the judge. Right, okay, so this is the little commute bit between uh, Limbo and Circle Two. There's a lot two. of commuting in hell, okay. but yeah. Because it's not just straight one circle to the next, it's Circle One and then your little. Minos is one. like the express elevator to the circle you <laughs> okay. need to be in. Okay. So what well, he he stands as judge and, and jury, and you tell him your sins, mm-hmm. you tell him everything, and you're divinity bound to. And. A lot of the punishments in hell are, are driven by this, like, divine, almost like inspiration where the souls have to do what they're destined or told to do because the divine power of God just makes them do it. Right. So they get to Minos and they have to tell him every single sin they've ever committed, okay. like a confessional. And then once he's decided and weighs up their sins... He wraps his snake half around them. (laughs) And however many circles are wrapped around him is the number of the ring they get sent to. Wow. Okay. But that that almost sounds like, but this is just a hell, right? Because so so there's no way that that they could say everything. And he's like, oh, actually, you you did all right. And then they go up. No, they're already going to hell. So so these are all people who, so, okay, they're already in hell or they're going to hell. Are they going to circle two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, or nine? I, not borderline related to this. I find it fascinating that this is, that these are characters not from Christianity because it's Zeus's son. Uh, in classical mythology, yeah, he was the king of Crete who was Zeus's son. So, but this is still a very, but this is, so it's an ancient Greek god and, and and figures from that, but in a Christian kind of thing, in, a, in like a Christian setting. Well, bear in mind that um, 
I was wrong, actually. It's not eight years. 18 years he took to write it. Ah. Bearing in mind this started... He started writing it in 1302. Mm -hmm. Literature at the time was all Latin texts and, you know, religious texts. And so Dante's understanding and the ancient Greeks and the ancient Romans. And so all of his, like, worldview and his his views on politics and religion kind of, they mingle together this idea of, of classical mythological figures and christianity right okay and also there's a thread of dante wanted florence and italy to be this like hub of christian power that was lawful um rational kind compassionate and so he saw the ancient greek and roman philosophers as ideals Mm -hmm. of how to be like the best human you can be right okay and so by tying in the writers like Virgil and these characters from mythology, he's also trying to link the origins of Rome to where Italy was then. Okay. So we come from, we as Italians, we come from this line of Roman scholars who were like the best people in his mm-hmm. eyes. So we arrive in circle two now. The second circle of hell is reserved for carnal lust or the lustful. Your sin, if you are sent here, is an overabundance of pleasure of the fleshy kind. I was going to resist making jokes about like, eh, that's why we'd be right. <laughs> but no, nah, not really. No. I wish. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, you know. And quote, and so I came where light is mute. <laughs> I shouldn't have taken that drink. I shouldn't have had a drink when you said that. Sorry, I'll grow up. I'll grow up. And so I came... Where light was mute, a place that moans as oceans do impelled by storms, surging, embattled in conflicting squalls. So this is what happens to the souls in Circle 2. The swirling wind of hell will never rest. So imagine a tornado. It It drags these spirits onwards in its force. It chases them, rolling, clashing grievously. As starlings on the wing in winter chills are borne along in wide and teeming flocks, so on these breathing gusts the evil souls. This way and that and up and down they're borne, here is no hope of any comfort ever, neither of respite nor of lesser pain. God, he, 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 he did have some creativity on him. The, pi- the picture he paints. I, I'm, just, I'm just trying to think, like, I know we've got, like, another seven like circles to go through but even just picturing that i'm like that i'm surprised there haven't been like more maybe i've just messed up i'm surprised there haven't been like more cartoons or movies or something just the imagery is insane it sounds like the imagery is awesome and there a lot of medieval artists after the uh dante's inferno and, and the divine comedy came out a lot of medieval painting and renaissance painting used dante's inferno as inspiration it sounds like it because i mean you can find like some awesome paintings online of like depictions of what his hell looks like it sounds very i mean i I know it's like a very wide interpretation of it but yeah like all those kind of you know like horrible looking medieval paintings and like renaissance paintings of what hell looks like i guess it can be directly attributed to dante's original descriptions or whatever 100 percent there's a lot of passing out in these early circles. Don't tell me he's just passed out again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> does he at least give reason? Like, like it's not like... He, it's, he, so, it's so shocking. That's what I was going to ask. Like, yeah. He just walks in and he goes... It's, just, so, it's so shocking where it's like too much for him that he passes out. Okay. But he does get a bit more like... He does 
get more vigor as he goes through hell. I, so I know you didn't read the entirety of the Divine Comedy in preparation. I read the entirety of Inferno. Okay. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, I read all of hell. Well done. So does he ever, does he, <laughs> I have a question. Does he narrate or describe the bits where he's passed out? As in like where stuff happens, but he was passed out whilst it was, whilst it was happening. He will say something like, <laughs> he will say something like, I was talking to that shadow and, you know, something came upon me and I lost all of my mind or I lost all of my consciousness. Mm-hmm. And then the next part of the poem will begin. I awoke. As now I came once more to conscious mind. Okay. And that he's okay, in the next cool. place. Okay. Okay. He's not. Speaking I, I... of coming once more to conscious mind, <laughs> he's now in circle three. Okay. Circle three is for the gluttonous. Gluttony is defined as being greedy or displaying excessive indulgence. It'll be interesting to talk about later on, if we need to, about how like the subtleties between the different sins and their punishments are defined, because Circle 3 and Circle 4 are similar in ways, not in terms of the punishment, but in terms of the crimes. Mm-hmm. So in t- so thinking of gluttony as an over-excess of something. Mm-hmm. So it could be like food, wine, just over-excess and over-indulgence. But not sex, if that was uh, the lustful circle. Exactly. So Circle 3 is pretty cool. And rain falls there, endlessly, chill, accursed and heavy. Its rate and composition never knew. So it's just this constant slew coming down. Well, (laughs) snow, massive hailstones, black tainted water pour down in sheets through the tenebrae of air. The earth absorbs absorbs it all and stinks revoltingly. So essentially the rain is hailstones and shit. It almost sounds like uh, what your food goes through when it's in when it's in your stomach. Essentially, digestive. a digestive system. Yeah, that that's what it feels like. Just constantly. Like, so the souls here, they obviously can't escape, and they're just the the slew falling down on them is so heavy and thick. Ugh. They're almost pinned to the ground by it, by, so they can't even move by liquid shit. And by just like stones. liquid rain shit. Okay, and Dan- Dante's in here like. I, I just kind of here. imagine being with Virgil, there's a kind of like protective bubble around them where they mm-hmm. don't get hit by it. Okay. Because Cause there's, so there's other circles where things like falling down and, and on, onto the sinners and Dante and Virgil is kind of walking through it. So I imagine they've got like some divine protection. And sorry if, if I missed the start of this, but the whole reason Dante, the character, is doing this at, like in the story, is he just on safari or something? Is he just like looking through the different circles or did he have an objective? I think the objective is just to see how great God's kingdom is. But essentially, yes, it is a safari. Okay, right. So, so I just wanted to make sure that there was like... A purpose. Well, well no, <laughs> Understanding no, is no, the purpose. I, I, totally, I totally get it if this is like a journey of discovery, like, like to see like what essentially is all of this. I just wanted to make sure I hadn't missed some key plot point where he was like looking for like his estranged wife or something. No, it's not like he's trying to bring someone back. He's okay, just, cool. He's just as a good back. Christian Italian man, he's just learning. So he's just going into each cycle of hell, being like, "Wow, this is bananas." It's like, like, "Damn, Daniel, this <laughs> sucks." <laughs> Virgil, get a load of this nonsense. <laughs> I, and there are parts which I like that. And in Circle Three, we also find Cerberus, okay. everyone's favorite three-headed dog of the underworld. Uh-huh. Cerberus is quite sick in this. This is, I imagine, this is. 
the 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 source of Cerberus. It's not like he Cerberus was did Cerberus, wait, did Cerberus exist in ancient? Greek? Oh yeah. Okay, right. Okay. Got Cerberus it. was the yeah the three headed guardian guardian dog of the underworld. You know what? The more we go into this, the more I'm like I'm swinging between Dante's amazing and Dante's a fucking hack. <laughs> like, like like he just picked something from ancient Greece. I was like, oh, that'll do. Mate, it's the hero with a thousand faces all over again. It's the same stories told over and over again. Uh-huh. You know, nothing's new anymore. A bit more flowery language and it took him 18 years. Apart from this episode, brand new. Okay. <laughs> Original. <laughs> Such um, great content. Speaking of Cerberus, quote, Cerberus, weird and monstrously, monstrously cruel, barks from his triple throats in cur-like yowls over the heads of those who lie there drowned in shit. <laughs> His eyes vermilion, beard a greasy black, his belly broad, his fingers all sharp nailed. He mauls and skins, then hacks in four these souls. From all of them, rain rings a wet dog howl. So they're kind of just like lying there. And the longer they're there for, they kind of cake, they're caked in poo. And it's hailing down from above. And the longer they're there for, they, the less they like appear human. Until there's something more akin to maggots covered in feces. And Cerberus just guards them and kind of walks around and occasionally just like chomps on a couple. And when you say them, this is like any souls of the damned. Souls of the damned, yeah. And there's a part where Cerberus gets a little bit angry at Virgil and Dante for being there. And Virgil is just like, hold up one second. Picks up like a huge chunk of poo off the floor Uh and like chucks it one handful each into Cerberus's mouth to shut them up. That's beyond gross I, I i did have one question because all because there have been multiple representations of some of these characters and places like throughout history do you have in your head a picture of what some of these characters are because when you say when the moment you mention service i always think of the giant dog from hercules i mean essentially yeah i've with the mythological characters i've got more of a picture with some of the and like some of the ancient greek and roman authors but a lot of the Italians and the Popes that are coming up, no idea who they are, or no idea at least before I read. And certainly I've got too much information in my head to, to give you a lowdown of who those people are. But speaking of pe- people who Dante knows, you know, as I said earlier, Dante always conveniently finds someone to speak to in these circles. And he says to one of them, quote, then tell me who you are and why you dwell in such a place and why a pain like this. Others may well be worse. None so disgusting. Which I think just like lays it on a bit thick for that that soul that's there. It's like, this is gross. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Thanks, this is like my home for the rest of my life. Thanks. Rest of my earthly life. And then we get to uh, circle four, which is for the greed um, or those guilty of avarice. So this section of hell is reserved for the money grabbers and the overly materialistic. So imagine that like the silent family members who suddenly turn up at your grandma, your dead grandmother's house looking for their inheritance. Oh, those guys. Yeah, yeah. That, that kind of people, the mm-hmm. money grabbers. And so in my head, gluttony is different to this because gluttony is like over excess, mm-hmm. but you're not necessarily hurting anyone else. Right, so as in gluttony is, is just you accruing loads and loads of stuff in, in, a, in a gross way, whereas greed is a, a more specific act of trying to like get stuff from people yeah. or trying to have some un- underhanded way of attaining more things. And it's not it's not divided, but there's two types of people here, which is the the hoarders of money mm-hmm. and the people who are too frivolous. Too frivolous? Yeah, so overspend. So they 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 just use everything up without no mind to to like their futures or no mind to uh... making themselves better as people. It's just 
frivolous spending. And they go to the circle for Groot. Yes. I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, they're overspending, maybe like, you know, collecting material goods, worrying about that instead of, you know, giving back to the community. Yeah, but trickle down economics. I'm joking. I don't know what what that means. (laughs) It's just a thing I heard once and I heard it didn't work. But I don't know. I feel like that's a whole other level compared to I'm going to steal all of my dead grandma's money. I don't know. Wait, yeah, that's I tell you what, I have a thing I probably end up in in this circle of health if this is my <laughs> feeling about it, even though I don't have any money. I think it's also about giving your money to good causes and stuff like that. I, I understand the whole, like, uh, like essentially spending like a lunatic and doing nothing to better yourself or humanity. And to be fair, maybe if you're spending nonstop, maybe it's probably to the detriment of others or to yourself. Or exactly. To, for the greater good. Quote, I saw in numbers greater than elsewhere, two factions hollering this one to that, who rolled great boulders, thrust by rib and tit. Excuse me? what i saw in numbers greater than elsewhere two factions hollering this one to that who rolled great boulders thrust by ribbon tip so So they're pushing boulders thrust by ribbon tip what does that mean so they're they're pushing the boulders Uh with like the upper body so thrust by ribbon tip tit yeah so their punishment here uh the hoarders and the frivolous are kind of locked in an eternal battle they are impelled by divine justice to roll these huge boulders Everyone's got an individual boulder in circle form. Mm-hmm. To roll their huge boulders up a hill, one by one. But when they reach the top, on one side you have the frivolous, on the other side you have the hoarders. And when they reach the top, they bump into a soul from the other side. Right. And they have an argument, because neither of them can reach the top. And their boulders roll back down to the bottom, and they've got to start again. Those losers, those and, bozos. And they've got to start again and again, and forever, for all eternity. I'm not going to lie, out of, between that... And getting shit rained upon you for all eternity. I wouldn't mind rolling that boulder up that hill. Circle five. Oh dear. We're descending. Circle five, uh, which is anger. And it's set partially on the shores of the River Styx, which I'm sure you've heard of. And here, in circle five, in, in, the, in the ring of violence, the circle of violence, uh, violent people... Sorry, I'm, I'm jumping ahead. <laughs> Excuse me, anger. Uh, the angry here have a violent battle, and which they constantly constantly have to fight. Quote, I saw there, plunged within that stagnant fen, a peevish people, naked, caked with mud, each battered each, and not with fists alone, also with headbutts, kicks, and charging chests. Their teeth too tore them bit to bit to shreds. You witness now, my gentle teacher said, the souls of those whose anger overthrew. And this I'd also have you know, be sure Beneath the surface of this slick are some who size, as you can see at every turn, now aerate the polluting uh, film. So they're in the river sticks and they're fighting. Essentially, they're constantly fighting for air mm-hmm. and staying on top of the water. Right. So they're, they're constantly the people who succumb to anger or anger was, was, you know, the biggest sin of their lives. They constantly fight each other mm-hmm. for supremacy to be the one who can breathe. And the water is bubbling from, like, the trapped souls, like, trying to speak and, 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 and to emerge and, and fight their way out of the water. I thought you were going to say it's just, like, a boiling river from pure rage and anger. And we'll like get that. to boiling rivers. Okay. That comes up. Right, Not in anger, though. Okay. Um, before he leaves this circle, though, remember I mentioned earlier that Dante gets a bit more ballsy as he, like, goes through hell? Okay. 
Well, he says after seeing someone he knows in the fifth circle, he Na- says... Naturally. <laughs> this I should really like, quote, Before we make our way beyond this lake to see him dabbled in the minestrone. <laughs> <laughs> what on earth? Then, but by, by the way, at any point throughout this, or maybe it comes at the end, if, if so, I won't ask any further... At any, any point, does does uh, Dante have any kind of self-reflection where he's like, oh, maybe I'm too angry, maybe I should chill? Or is he just great throughout all of this? There are moments where he he says too much, too little, he's maybe disrespectful to certain souls, mm-hmm. and Virgil does call him out on it. Okay. And he's displaying like certain behaviours which are unchristianly or perhaps like don't do him the just don't do him justice. Right. And then like Dante is like very embarrassed. Embarrassed. So he does like there's moments where he's like blushing like I can't even look at Virgil right now I've been told <laughs> off <laughs> and they arrive after circle five anger they arrive in circle six which I like to call the garden of heresy the garden of heresy so they arrive in this kind of huge graveyard and here heretics and their followers are trapped in tombs which are constantly burning that's not bad actually so where people have created their own religious sex or they make a a branch of christianity which is you know against god's divine plan then the leader and all their followers are locked in tombs which are constantly burning throughout all eternity and quote and so too here a tomb at every turn except that all was done more bitterly for flames were scattered round among these tombs. The pits were there so, therefore so intensely fired, no tradesman needs his brand iron half so hot. The covers of the tombs all stood half raised, half raised, and out of each there came such cruel lamenting, there must have been the cries from pain within. All their followers from empty, from every sect, these tombs are filled with more than you suspect. Like when you first described it, I was like this kind of epic eternal graveyard kind of thing. I was like, that sounds kind of cool. And I was like, that doesn't really match it with heresy, though. That sounds way too easy for heresy. So, yeah, the burning, the burning tombs that go on forever. That makes more sense. And um, I imagine being on fire for the rest of your life. And he's like, the souls souls have like, you know, they're, they're eternal. Souls are eternal. So they kind of recover and heal and. And are like ultimately protected. They never mm. like they would never like pass away. But like yeah, you just constantly it's burn, just constantly burn, torture. Yeah. So circle six kind of sucks. I mean, it's not my favorite circle. I'll be honest. Do you have a favorite circle so far? In terms of if I had to deal with a punishment for the rest of eternity, maybe I should wait for this question till the end. Maybe, but I, I mean, I think I'm still out of all of them. The one that sounds like the least ag is the one where you're just rolling that. Uh, boulder up a hill for oh, eternity. Okay. But if it's just rolling a boulder up a hill or a mountain, whatever, and then having an argument with someone and doing it again, not gonna lie. These are huge ones, though. They're like huge, giant boulders. Yeah, but I mean, being having shit rained upon you and a it's dog and a dog maybe eating you just for a laugh. Just... And then you get, like, you get chewed up, and you just like get back, you get spat back out, and then you like back heal, and you're just like back into being like this weird fleshy bulb. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that was a past circle. We're on circle <laughs> seven now. Circle seven is reserved for those found guilty of violence. There are three kinds uh, of violence that circle seven is divided into. There's violence against others, mm-hmm. violence against the self, mm-hmm. and violence against God and nature. 
So Virgil kind of gives us a little bit of an explanation about how these are divvied up. Quote, so in the agonies of Subring 1, in different squads are homicides and thugs, vandals and looters, bandits and brigands. In violence 2, we turn against ourselves or else our own belongings. And thus in Subring 2 are those regret now vain, who by their own free will strips off your world or gambles all their competence away and weeps where properly they should rejoice. So that's like the suicides. Ah. So in the first first ring of Circle 7, so this is the violence against other people, there is a lake or river of blood and there simmer all whose violence damaged others. And there, between the hillfoot and those banks, were centaurs running in a long-drawn line, armed as they'd been on earth to hunt with arrows. <laughs> so it's a, so the ones who, who committed violence upon others, they're now hunted by centaurs. They live in the river of blood. Okay. And it's pretty awesome, because whenever <laughs> they try to escape, they're attacked by the centaurs, okay. which like fire arrows at them to like send them back in. Back into the river of blood. And you descend... It depends on how much blood you spill, I think. Ah. Is how deep you are submerged in the river of blood. So if you are someone who's killed tons of people, mm-hmm. you're like in the depths. Right. And if you try to leave your station, and so in different parts of the river, you might have someone up to their chest in right. blood, and you might have someone up to their eyes in blood or something, and then some people fully submerged. Right. And so if you try to go above your station, above where you are, so you're like you're lessering the punishment, the centaur will like fire arrows at you to send you back. Shoot you back down. Okay. I wonder what it's like just being one of those dudes who's like, like waist deep and he's just like, oh, okay. As I was saying about the blood and the guilt, Virgil says, around this ditch, in thousands, these all run. He's talking about the centaurs mm-hmm. and loose their arrows at those souls that strain higher beyond the blood than their guilt allows. It doesn't sound that bad compared to everyone else's. Like, like considering this is potentially the wor- one of the worst thing you could do, you know, essentially killing loads of people. I don't know. Maybe I'm missing something. Like, maybe the blood is also insulting you for the rest of your life or something, but... I mean, constantly drowning in blood is quite grim. I guess... Okay, yeah. If the the punishment for all eternity was permanently drowning over and over and over again. Yeah, that I understand. But, I mean, if you killed, like, two people or something, that's pretty bad. And, like, the river will be, like, at what? Your legs? Probably. (laughs) That doesn't sound bad at all. And so... (laughs) <laughs> to get out of this circle, or go to the next ring of this circle, let's say, to the second ring of this circle, which is violence. It's why I said to you before the episode, Danny, I really need to be clear of when it's a circle, when it's a, when it's a ring. <laughs> yeah. We're in sub-ring two. Okay. So Virgil and Dante hitch a ride on a centaur's back to take them around the river of blood, and they arrive at the forest of suicides. Here, since they cast their heavenly and divine bodies off... The sinners are denied their bodies in hell and are instead trees, Ah, trees and bushes. So the trees and bushes are all the people who commit suicide. Quote, and so I reached my hand a little forwards. I plucked a shoot no more from one great hawthorn. So he gets there, sees that all these trees around, he takes a branch off. (laughs) And this is so awful. Listen to this. At which its trunk screamed out. Why splinter me? <laughs> now darkened by a flow of blood, the tree spoke out a second time. Why gash me so? Is there no living pity in your heart? Once we were now, once we were men, we've now become dry sticks. <laughs> I like the voice you used for the indignified in, in tree former person 
suicide victim. <laughs> this is terrible. They descend further into Circle 7 and arrive at a vast desert which rains down flakes of fire constantly. Here are condemned sodomites and usurers, someone who lends money, particularly at high rates of interest, okay. like, a, like a loan shark, okay. basically like Wonga.com. So, so this is where Wonga.com resides. Exactly. <laughs> One victim tells Dante, Dear boy, he said, if any in this herd should ever pause, he lies a hundred years powerless to fan these searing fires away. So the people here have to constantly be on the move because like these these flakes of fire are raining down from the sky. But if they stop moving, they are then like forced, like prostrate to the ground and they'll burn for a hundred years and then be able to get back up and start moving again. I mean, okay, wow. There's a lot of raining of things here. Which is odd because you'd think they'd like hit other circles. But the way that... (laughs) Dante pays a particular interest or attention to the detail of the geography of hell. I was going to say. And so how when it's like something's flaming and hot in one, it creates steam so that when you go down into the next bit, that steam is now obscuring the other circle. And it's kind of now like a cloud, which is then raining down the fire. So again, the imagery and the the thought process he must have gone through to put this all together, is quite extraordinary. I mean, if you're going to spend 18 years writing something, you might as well put the details into it. Eventually, they reach another lake, which is on the outskirts of Circle uh, 7, and they summon a beast called Gerion to transition them to Circle 8. And Circle 8 is known as the rocket po- the Rotten Pockets. Oh, I thought you were going to say the rocket something. I was like, man, this guy's way ahead of his time. Gerion sounds metal as hell as well. Gerion sounds like a Pokemon. Behold! The beast who soars with needle tail through mountains, shattering shields and city walls. Behold the beast that stinks out all the world. But then Dante compares him to a beaver. <laughs> with a spiky tail. Quote, compare on foreshore, sometimes dinghy stand in water partly, partly on the shingle. As likewise, in the land of drunken Germans, beavers do advancing their attack. Drunken Germans. Let me say it again. So Dante has this thing where the imagery of hell is so unimaginable and he can't, as as, as the the voice in the poem, mm-hmm. he can't put it all into words because it's so it's, unimaginable it's, it's, and scary. It's incomprehensible to a mortal man. So throughout, he chooses really earth-based things to compare the, the behaviour or what the creatures or sinners look like. And, and so, and said, back to the beavers. Compare on foreshore sometimes, dinghy stand, in water partly, partly on the shingle. So that, you know, you see a boat mm-hmm. halfway in the water, halfway out. Yeah, I can, I can picture that. Likewise, in the land of drunken Germans, so I think just Germany. <laughs> I'm not saying, by the way, this is from the text. Drunken Germans. Beavers will do advancing their attack. I don't know much about beavers apart from they're cute. Uh-huh. Beavers attacking. Be- okay. I mean, in, in like medieval Germany, was there like some sort of barrage of some, attacking some beavers? Kind of giant infestation of aggressive beavers ruining Germany. But Gerion is so bloody metal. It's so cool. Gerion is a chimeric creature. He has the kind and trusting face of a man, but then a tail of a scorpion, which is perfect because... In Ring 8, we're going to the Rotten Pockets. It's all about traitors and fraudsters. We'll talk about that in a second. 
Um, have you ever heard of the fable of the frog and the scorpion? Is this the one where the scorpion's trying to get across a river? Exactly. Right. Now, I don't know what has come first, but there's elements of that in the story, where in the fable, if you don't know, Scorpion asks Toad to take him across uh, like a raging river. And so Scorpion climbs onto Toad's back and Toad doesn't trust him, but he says, don't worry, I won't sting you. Halfway across the river, Scorpion stings him. Oh no, it's my nature. Both the frog and the scorpion die. It could be the Mm -hmm. Toad and the scorpion. Uh, Similarly with Geryon, he has the face of like a trusting visage, but on the back of him, you know, it's it's deceit, fraud and lies. The scorpion. And Virgil makes a point of positioning himself between Dante and the stinger when they climb on Geryon's back. Because Dante is so great, he needs to be saved. Exactly. Dante is awesome. Also, uh, this is the second... Actually, no, this is probably the third creature now that is half man, half something else. Lots of chimeric creatures and demons in there. So right, okay. We're going to get onto a big rabble round, round of demons in a moment, actually. <laughs> so Geryon flies them to Circle 8, the circle reserved for traitors and fraudsters. Circle 9, the final circle, Satan Circle, is also for traitors, but the difference here, I think, is in Circle 8, it's for those who betrayed those they had no cause to trust, whereas in Circle 9, the final circle of hell... People trusted those traitors oh. and then were betrayed. So generally in Circle 8 are people who are untrustworthy people, whereas in Circle 9, the worst circle of hell, is for people who were trusted and maybe loved, but then betrayed people who loved and trusted mm-hmm. them. Th- this scale, I I find... I don't know. I, 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 f- I feel like I have contention with, with the... I guess because in my mind, or, or if I was trying to picture myself as a 14th century... Florentine guy would traitorism be worse than mass murder it's it's interesting isn't it because yeah in terms of how you peg things in terms of what's worse than others Mm -hmm. obviously Dante 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 (laughs) has has his kind of fixed logical order in his head and so he views the lesser sins like carnal lust like further up in Mm -hmm. hell like the less the less worse less bad ones that's almost like an overabundance of human nature. You're not necessarily hurting other people. You're not living to your full potential. And you're having like an over excess of something. Yeah. So carnal lust is like, you're not a rapist. You're, you're just someone who is over excessive of the flesh, pleasures of the flesh. You're just a sex maniac. Exactly. Anger, again, is kind of like a base emotion mm-hmm. which you allow yourself to fall into. It's like a reaction. It's a reactionary. It's like quite bodily. Yeah. Whereas now we're going in more into like deliberate choice. Right. So you might have people like, I don't know, someone like Attila, who was like a great warlord, who is like sunk deep in the blood because of how many people died because of him. Mm-hmm. But he's seen as better because it's almost like an honest murderer because he didn't betray anyone. Right. As in he was just going, like you could say about... Uh... The general of an army so you're, you're you're essentially kind of doing a country service I'm, I'm doing air quotes now but you're you're responsible for the killing of a lot of people but done in an honorable way or, or, or in a less underhanded way than what a lot of these other things would be i guess so i mean there's there's something to be said about <laughs> i just like we're trying to we're trying to <laughs> understand dante's logic here there's something to be said about an honest murder Right, as in, as in, it's just straight up like I was angry. Or you know, killing someone in war. Yeah. You're like duty bound by your sire or king or whoever, 
Or like, you know, you believe that's your purpose and you end up, lots of people end up being killed by your hand or killed by your men. And, you know, there's a direct involvement who is ultimately responsible. But I don't know. I, I, I kind of get it with the portrayal. I, 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 I know I know certain people who belong in Circle A. <laughs> Potentially Circle 9. Naming no names. But... Naming no names. <laughs> Naming no names, but this guy. So Circle 8 is called, in my version of the text, as I said, the Rotten Pockets. So cool. So in the circle itself, it's divided into 10 subrings. Oh, dear God. 10 subrings. So we've got pimps and seducers, mm-hmm. flatterers, Simonists, everyone called Simon. I'm only joking, it's not. We'll get to that. <laughs> Soothsayers, corrupt officials, hypocrites, thieves, intellectually dishonest, rabble-rousers, warmongers and people like push, like stir the pot. And finally, counterfeiters. Those are two very different things. People who stir the pot versus warmongers. When we get to that ring, we can clarify what that actually means. That's so many rings. So many rings. Ten rings. You with me so far? Yeah. So ring one in Circle A, just to remind ourselves. Ring one is for pimps and seducers. Quote, this way, that way, over the dismal rock. There were, I saw them, horny demons lashing. This Lashing at the rear with vicious scourges. Horny demons in what sense? I saw them, horny demons lashing, lashing at the rear with vicious scourges. So these are like denizens of hell, you know, punishing the sinners, physically attacking them. Uh-huh. So they're continually whipped and beaten by yeah. demons, the pimps. Okay. The flatterers, meanwhile, we saw them, all of them were plunged in diarrhoea. Flowing, it seems, from human cubicles. <laughs> I love the words. No, because I'm just, it's just, the. it's just, because I know this, this was written 800 years ago or however long it was. And I know that th- there have been translations through time and I know that it's not a perfect one-to-one. Bearing in mind, this is like old medieval Italian. Yeah, I, I, I get it's probably not one-to-one with what he originally tried to get across. But when you're saying something like horny demons <laughs> in the ring of hell, in the ring of the circle of hell that deals with pimps and stuff, like the fact that you even used the word pimps, I was just like, really? They had pimps back then? Like, I imagine they did, but just the fact that they weren't called other things. Exactly. Or the fact that you, like, just to go back to an earlier one, where it's like, these are the people who committed homicide. I was like, they had homicide back in the day? Like, I thought they would have just called it men who killed other men mm. or something like that. Oh, the translators chosen, like, kind of try to go for a perfect word that fits, you know, yeah. the syntax like, like, and, like the actual and the poem itself. Like, yeah. like the best fit for it. I just feel bad for the guy who was like, he, like the one who had to make the final decision. He's like, I can't do anything else. It has to be diarrhea. Diarrhea? <laughs> Running shits. <laughs> what other words do we have? There must have been a conversation where they were like, well, I mean, earlier in the text, we have raining shits. Can't we just say that again? And he's like, no, nah, it has to be nah, diarrhea. It's, it's got to be diarrhea. Different. Quote, we saw that all of them were plunged in diarrhoea, flowing, it seemed, from human cubicles. And while my eyes were searching deep within, I noticed one whose head was foul with shit. The ring three, we get to simony. Simony? Simony? Simony is, means abusing authority for financial gain. But since Dante was heavily interested and involved in religion, not involved in corruption, was like very aware of it. Um, particularly when it comes to religious leaders as well. So he says. We see a few fallen popes in this uh, particular ring. Ah. This ring is a large flat area with tons of holes sticking out and, quote, 
Out of the mouth of every single hole there floated up a pair of sinner feet, legs to the ham on show, the rest concealed. The ham's your thigh. Mm -hmm. The soles of their feet were set alight, and each pair wriggled at the joint so hard they'd easily have ripped a rope or a lanyard. So they're stuck Upside in a weird down. in the ground in a pit. And a and the legs come up out of the ground. I don't like what you've just done with your fingers. Sorry, yeah, the legs are coming out of the, the ground. Legs are coming up. And it's like it's like every classic kind of picture of like some scalding hot things coming here. Yeah. Or when they go ah like that. Exactly. I wish I could. I wish we did a visual podcast because so people could, could see, see what you were doing with your hands right now. The, the, the Danny horrific. is kind of holding two of his fingers. So imagine he's like flipping the bird, and then he's got his other two fingers in like a scissoring motion. <laughs> And he's got two legs, the flipping the bird hand, sticking up. And I'm doing all of this to, <laughs> to, to, to show it visually to George, who already knows what this looks like. So there's no reason I should be doing I this. mean, it really helped, thank you. And like, yeah, so I'm, I'm raining fire down on Danny's fingers, which are the feet of the... Uh, of the who are these again? I've lost track of their feet. The Simonies, the Simonists. What do you think of that one? That's quite bad. I, I don't know where the rest of them are. It doesn't really say. I think they're just in the ground. Yeah, I mean... Which is grim. They're just... Yeah, it, it, it's almost a comical image, though. It's just a bunch of legs sticking up in the air going... <gasps> this is also quite grim. So the next ring, four, is for the soothsayers. Um, quote, That God may grant you as you read the fruit that you deserve in reading. Think yourselves. Think yourself, Danny. Could I have kept my own face dry to see? So could I have not cried seeing this? Uh -huh. Could I have kept my own face dry to see close by that image of our human self so wrenched from true that teardrops from their eyes ran down to rinse them where their buttocks cleave? What do you think that means, Danny? <laughs> Bearing in mind, we give you a clue. So these are soothsayers, so prophecy makers. I was going to say, yeah. These are just, oracles, yeah. or like false oracles, people Almost who like, like... fortune tellers, kind of. Yeah, and obviously that go, kind of goes against like God's power, yeah. God's divine plan. So since their, their, their job was to look into the future, mm -hmm. and I've just said their, their tears cry down their faces into their butt cracks. Yes. So what do you think their punishment is? Anything I say will pale in comparison to whatever's actually been written. So their heads are permanently twisted round their bodies. Oh. So rather than seeing forward, they always see back. They're always looking ass backwards. And then they cry. Their cries are going Into down their, their backs through their butt cheeks. And then what, what, what happens then? Do they just have... They just kind of... They just, just have like soggy bum cracks. and cry and just look backwards for the rest of their lives. And they just look down at their soggy bum cracks that now have salty water in. I guess it must hurt as well. What, just stinging their bumper? Or just having or their neck just... turned the other way. Oh, right, okay. Nice. Ring five is for corrupt officials. This is a really good one. I think this might be my favourite kind of area, because it's quite fun. It feels a bit weird that they, they, they specify corrupt officials against simonies or simony or whatever. Simonists, Simonists. Yeah. Because that's kind of the same thing, right? There has to be a more subtle difference, probably, which probably had more relevance to to his life mm -hmm. than to ours, perhaps. Or, yeah, some of them I found really hard to see the differences between the two. But well, the Simonists are more like because he mentioned popes and stuff. So Simonists corrupt people or like use their authority, not necessarily for 
Not for monetary gain. Not for monetary gains, but to have, like, sway over people. Right, okay. Whereas, like, a corrupt official, Dante particularly hated these people because he saw a lot of it at the time during, like, medieval Florence, (laughs) where, yeah, it's, like, officials not doing their duty to the people. Right, okay. So he had a particular hatred for these ones in Ring 5. So here is a boiling pool of black gunge (laughs) that has sinners sunk inside. And if they attempt to leave, they'll be attacked tortured and thrown back in by the gang of demons that lives there called the Rock Claws. The Rock Claws. The, not, it doesn't spell like claws, as in like... It's like C-L-A-U or something. just called Rock Claws, yeah. K-L-O-R-S, Rock Claws. Rock Claws, okay. Does their it... names, the Rock Claws names are, so it's like merry group of demons. Okay. Their names are Rotten Tail, Tangle Top, Krakis, Flash Alley... <laughs> <laughs> Badog, which is just bad dog. Okay. It could just be bad dog, but it's one word. Uh, Badog. Twirly Tufts. Loves Lot. At some point, they sound like Care Bears and it swings All back the, to was, like demons' names. I was going to say, this almost sounds like it was written by Tolkien or something. Dragon Runt. That's Tolkien. Big Pig. Scratcher Cur. Scratcher Cur. Scratcher Cur. It's like Scratcher with Kurt at the end. You said that so many times, I don't even know what to make of Scratch Scratcher. Scratcher. Scratcher, got it. Flutterbee. Uh-huh. And Mad Glog... Glogob. That sounds like a... What a team. What a... a squad. Squad goals. And so their job in the Ring 5 is to keep the corrupt officials in the gunk mm-hmm. and the gunge. Um, and so they kind of have, like, these long sticks. And Virgil explains, or Dante explains, quote... They sank him in a hundred barbs or more. Down here, they sang, you'll tango in the dark. Get undercover, pull what scams you can. Chefs do the same. So again, bringing it back to a real life example. Making it relatable, yeah. Chefs do the same. They get their kitchen boys to (laughs) fork the centre of a simmering pot so chunks of meat do not float up too high. And so their job is just kind of like beat them down into the boiling pot of gunge. so, So the rock claws are the kitchen boys. Of God. I love it. I, I think they should have just called them the Kitchen Boys. <laughs> but Dog the Kitchen Boy. It's actually so good because Krakis and Flash Alley actually get into a fight um, and then end up falling into the ooze themselves while Dante and Virgil are like, we're going to go now. <laughs> Later, boys. So the, the reason why that happened is because out of the gunge, they kind of talk to the demons and demons are like, right, fine, you can talk to an Italian in here, sure, whatever. Because <laughs> conveniently, there's like an Italian close by. So an Italian <laughs> comes out and they're like, the demons are like, kind of like itching at the bits, like hurt him. <laughs> and so when he comes out, they like chop off a bit of his arm and like, he's just like on the ground be like, oh, please. And like Virgil and like Dante are like, who are you? <laughs> and he's just like bleeding on the ground and like, they decide to like, the, the demons like, we'll let you have this conversation with him because like, God wants you to like, talk to these people. You're not going to have another chance. And then there's this like mad run where this guy, he was a Nazarene, apparently. Not a Nazarene or something. Um, he was a Naveri. And he, there's a bit where he um, runs back into the gunge after the conversation. Like, um, the reason why Krakis and Fashali get into a fight is because they run after him. He's like running around the gunge <laughs> before they like, try to grab him and like torture him. And he manages to, like, jump back in. And Krakis and Flash Alley try to, like, jump after him. They kind of, like, bump into each other. <laughs> and so they start screaming and shouting at each other above the pit. And they both just end up falling in. They sound like the Three Stooges. Exactly sound like... It's just like... It sounds like a weird... An actual comedy yeah. <laughs> in this, like, weird world. It's very, very strange. How much of this was meant to be a comedy? I don't think any of it. Why is it called a divine comedy? I think we're looking 
Because did comedy have a different meaning back then? Yeah. Right. Okay. Whereas comedy was more. Word, comedy. Yeah, comedy was more of a word, and like, please don't quote me on this. Pop <laughs> comedy is more of a word used to like. It's almost like it was almost like interchangeable with play. Uh huh. Um, it was like a name. It's a certain type of play. Right. Whereas now it's like more to do with humor. Mm-hmm. Whereas then it was meant to be some sort of like dramatic fashion. Yeah. Um. So a dramatic play, perhaps. After the kind of uh, bumping into the, the gang of demons, the rock claws, uh, we come to Ring Six. Remember, this is Circle Eight of Hell, reserved for traitors. So Ring Six is the College of the Hypocrites. Not much goes on here, but the people are, quote, within robes uh, lined all with lead. So heavy, those capes that melt in torture would have seemed mere straw. What labour to eternity to wear such dress? So essentially the hypocrites just wear these robes which are uh, weighed down with lead and they constantly just have to, to walk and carry these weights. Okay, I, that's my favourite so far. In terms of, if well, in terms to, of the easiest one. And if I had to do it for all of eternity, that doesn't sound so bad. Ring seven is the home of the thieves. It's quite cool, this ring. <laughs> A lot goes on. A lot of like in- interesting imagery, imagery around reptiles. But the thieves are bound by snakes and are eternally being turned into reptiles back and forth, running from being turned again. Mm-hmm. Quote, And through all this abundance, bitter and grim, in panic naked humans ran, no holes to hide in here or heliotropic charms. Behind their backs, the sinner's hands were bound by snakes. These sent both tail and neck between the butts, then formed up front their end in knots. And Dante and Virgil actually witness a transformation in the books, which sounds awesome. Like one of them gets bitten by a snake mm-hmm. and then he turns into a snake and then another one's like kind of laughing at him. And then this like weird reptile from like the crowd from the middle then jumps on his chest and he transforms into this weird like reptile human cryptid and then like runs into the fray. It's almost like a disease they pass on to each other. And then like they kind of, as one bites another one, he turns back into human and yeah. the other one turns back into a snake. And so they're constantly running away from each other. I, you know what? Out of all of that, the thing that grossed me out the most was the idea of having your, like, hands and legs bound by snakes. I was like, that sounds fucking gross. Ring eight is for the intellectually dishonest okay. or evil counsellors. Uh, again, this is quite a uh, quite a, a big um, chunk of... Uh, there's quite a few cantos that go into this, like stanzas that go into this. Um, but essentially these souls are just eternally cast in flame. Wow. So they're they're just constantly on fire. Okay. So they're not in a tomb on fire. They're just on fire. Their souls are literally on fire. And then we go to ring nine, which are the warmongers, the rabble rousers, and those that sow discord. And these are basically cut open and set out, uh, almost crucified and just maimed for all eternity. It's like quite... Quite crazy. Uh, quote, one I saw riven from his chin to fart hole. Excuse me? <laughs> one I saw riven from his chin to fart hole. What does it mean to, to be riven? So he is slit open, open, the, so it's open from his chest. From, his yeah, so, so from his like, almost like his neck all the way down his front. And so like to his front. To his taint. <laughs> what, where, where God stitches you up? <laughs> One I saw riven from his chin to fart hole. No barrel, mid-slat or moon rib missing. Ever I am certain, gaped as wide as that. Who, so they're just splayed open. Who, again, what fucking underpaid intern was was like, yeah, fart hole. 
That fits in the, in the divine There's one content. guy who did the translation. I'll find his name afterwards. There's one guy who did the translation. I don't want to insult the person who, who's done this, but I feel like at some point they were just running on empty. They're like, oh, yeah, screw it. Fartol. Yeah, I don't care. Fartol's quite good. <laughs> who, who's going to read up to this point? Come it's on. better than diarrhea, Hall. I don't know. I don't think it is. I, th- I think it's, it's less elegant than diarrhea hole. Diarrhea, I mean, diarrhea at least just shows you can spell diarrhea. That's true. <laughs> which isn't an easy word to spell, by the way. Between his legs. There's an O in it. All dangled down. I cannot spell diarrhea <laughs> for my life. I cannot spell that word. <laughs> Sorry, you were saying. I say, between his legs, his guts all dangled down, innards and heart on show, and that grim bag that turns shit to whatever gullet swallow. So his stomach. All right, that grim bag. <laughs> the grim bag that turns to shit whatever the gullet swallow. What a description of the, the stomach, man. The tone is all over the gaff in this place. Uh, uh, like, sorry, not tone, Some, some just... translations hit different, don't yeah, they, Danny? They, they definitely do. They, they... I, here's the thing. I, I don't know in what order Dante wrote this on, but if, if he was like, imagine he was on year 15 of his 18-year odyssey writing this, and he's just like, oh, bollocks to it. Just fuck it. Just fart hole, yeah. <laughs> that Dante himself is like Dante what's another nice did. word for he was cut from his, his chest to his bottom and the word taint hasn't <sighs> been I've used bottom already yet. let's go for old Italian for fart hole he, he, was, he was just like he was like the word taint hasn't been invented yet I'm going to have to come up with something else. like if he was in year 15 and he's just you getting, could, the translator could have used taint the, the, they could have and it would have I think it would have translated better but maybe by year 15, 16 his missus was sick of him at this point she's like finish the fucking book actually Dante was kind of he didn't have a missus okay I, um, I can see why oh yeah had, he had things but like he he was actually in love with a very young woman who was already married uh-huh. who appears in all three poems um, and yeah and yeah so she strangely is in he like makes a bit of cameo oh yeah all of like Don, people Dante knows they make cameos in this yeah. but yeah he was in love with a with a young woman um, which he couldn't be with and so it was like it was like a it was a pure love but then nothing happened to it adultery is covered by ring three ring by, by, three by, by the lust ring adultery is would be some sort of betrayal okay so they'd be in circle eight I'm, or nine. I'm, I'm, wonder, I'm wondering, because I haven't heard any mention of adultery specifically, mm. and I'm wondering if he conveniently left it out being like, well, I'm about to commit adultery. But I think, so. I think the reasons for adultery might be like, one might be lustful, another might be like a usurer mm-hmm. or a seducer. Okay. So it depends on, I suppose, on what side of the adultery you're on, mm-hmm. okay. whether you're the married one or not. Whether um, the one you're instigating it or whatever. Exactly. Okay. So those those who who you know who who craved war, the warmongers and the rabble rousers, one who's who caused fights, mm-hmm. they're like you know they're just like staked and cut open, almost being like you know what's that the old medieval punishment like hung, drawn, and quartered. Yeah. When you're so kind of just like they're just cut the drawn bits where they just cut open your guts. Exactly. And so they're kind of drawn and quartered. Yeah, I, I remember watching Braveheart. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the final ring of Circle Eight, which is Ring Ten, the Counterfeiters. And here, the souls of the damned are in a miasma of disease, infection, and sickness. So, nice. kind of like the world right now with COVID nineteen. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just to make you know, you're you're doing your own Dante thing, making it relatable, bringing it back to the people. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Quote, such sicknesses as here there'd be if all contagions born of summer heat were brought together in one single hole. That's what it was, the stench that came from it, a fetter rising as from rotten limbs. So dripped malignancy, its creatures all down to the smallest worm fell sickening fast. 
And then they actually nice. bump into um, <laughs> these two souls and they're kind of like covered in like boils and scabs and they're constantly like scratching and creating new wounds in themselves and they like get infected with more disease. And they actually bump into like to these two guys who are like scratching each other. Mm-hmm. Like I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine okay. in hell kind of thing. And so they, they do end up talking to them, but it's, it sounds gross. Listen to this. Quote, so brisk as these attacked that raging itch for which no salve can ever now be found with biting fingernails to scrape at each other. With fingernails, each tore off showers of scabs. Grim. As might a fish fish knife when it's skinning bream. Or else perhaps some type with larger scales. And you think like... And then he also calls it similar to chain mail. So I'm imagining... Why why do you have to give four different descriptions of the same thing? (laughs) So you really get it, Danny. Um, So do you know... Like, it with leprosy, your skin just kind of, like, boils and crisps. And, like, it becomes, like, flaky. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm picturing, like, he, he relates it to, like, chain mail and, like, fish scales. Yeah. So it's, like, they're, because of the disease and, and, like, the infections, their skin is literally just, like, scaly. The, the scales falling to pieces. Almost like that disease in Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, the rock disease. Thing. Yeah, the gray rock scale. disease. Grayscale. Grayscale. And it's not grayscale? Not grayscale. It might be grayscale. grayscale. Kind of like grayscale, where it's like, oh, there's like bits of you yeah. that have like cracked and flaked. So they're like scratching each other, taking bits off each other. And um, Dante says, he talks to them and he says, you there, whose fingers tear your chainmail off, to one of them, my leader spoke those words. Sorry, it's not Dante, it's Virgil says to them, employing them as pincers sometimes too. Now tell us, may your manicure endure, your nails work to all eternity. So he wishes them, may your manicure endure. So I hope that your nails last. <laughs> Good and luck. I hope that your nails work to all eternity. Like I said, these two are the worst tourists I've ever heard of. These sound like absolute bastards. This bit is really cool. Anything more to say on that circle? I was going to say, I think it's, I only realise now how little relation there is between the sin and the punishments. It almost feels like, at least for some of these things. Some of them. I mean, like the River of Blood, that made sense in terms of... But like the count- By, uh, anger, but like the counterfeiters being having to deal with being diseased for the rest of eternity, making fake money, you know, making fake things. I, I would have constantly thought- diseased. I would have thought like that instead they would have just basically been made poor for the rest of time and just starving. But counterfeiters could have also been like snake oil. Right. Uh, okay. So, like, so if someone was being people. sick in the medieval times, right. and they go to like a fake okay. doctor. It's that like makes rub sense. this goat pee on your sh- shoe. Right, and you'll okay. be fine. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. Like, yeah, so that so fits people, better, doesn't it? Yeah, so people who were like, yeah, could try to convince people how to heal themselves, but really were just making it worse or something. So as they get to the outskirts of Circle Nine, Circle Nine is essentially like a it's the final level, the final level, the boss level, um, where it kind of descends further into the bowels of the earth, and so a ring of giants protects the final pit where and where the final circle is found, a giant called uh, Anateus lowers Dante and Virgil down his hand Mm -hmm. to the floor of the final pit. That's a cool image. How cool is the imagery? That's a really cool image. I I like the idea of the the giants seem to be very, uh, uh, like, ambivalent in all this. They're just like, all right, you want to go down? Here you go. (laughs) Off you pop. (laughs) There's been a lot, there there is things because there's a lot to cover, but there are are moments where Virgil and Dante get into arguments with the denizens of hell and different Mm -hmm. demons. Um, There's a part, earlier on before they i think it's when they start but just before circle four perhaps um where it starts getting really gross they get to the, the city walls of dis d-i-s like mm-hmm. dis the city walls of dis and it's guarded by these fallen angels yeah. and they won't let dante in 
So Virgil says, wait here, I'll try and sort it. But don't worry, I'll never leave you. I won't leave you yet. And so there's a brief moment where Dante's like losing a bit of his faith. But Virgil comes back and he says, I can't, I can't get you in there. But, um, you know, like, I'm not going to leave you. But then a messenger from heaven appears walking across the river Styx, um, not like falling into it, kind of like walking on the water like Jesus did and has this like magical heavenly awe around him. Mm-hmm. And he just like bashes open the gates and shouts at the demons. Doesn't say anything to Virgil or Dante, interestingly, but just bashes down the gates, shouts at the demons and then buggers off. <laughs> so like there's like demonstrations of their divine protection right. constantly. And all the demons generally leave them alone yeah, because so. it's like we're here on divine purpose right. do you really want to mess with god I, really the, the really whole, the whole description of virgil and um and dante outside of the gates it sounded like two drunk guys trying to get to a club hey. no 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 it's like it's like dude you're too drunk like stay i'll, I'll have a word with a bouncer I'm going to bounce, 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 like, you're both pissed. Go away. And he's like, I couldn't do anything. <laughs> I just, I, I, <laughs> I tried. Sorry, I tried. Just got, we're we're going to have to go somewhere else. What, and then the, the messenger from heaven, is he like, your sober friend? <laughs> who, like, convinces the bouncer no, 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 to no, let it's, you in? It's your friend who works there. Ah. It's, 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 it's your friend who's like a bartender. He's like, ah, oh, it's cool, don't worry. I'll, 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 I'll vouch for them. Don't worry about nice. it. Nice. And then you go in, but with no words spoken. And if hell was a party. And if hell was, well, it sounds like a party, just not a very... And so we reach the final level, circle nine. A traitors against those who trusted them. The, the There's three trait. kind of divisions here, but I'm not going to go into the divisions because they all share a very similar punishment, apart from the final one, which we'll get to in a second. So this is reserved for those wicked, most wicked of men in Dante's like Christian eyes, at least. Mm-hmm. And so circle nine, quite interestingly, how would you picture circle nine before I describe it? This is the final circle of hell where Satan lives. Just because you said it's where Satan lives, I almost imagine it being slightly regal, as in being a bit more fancy than all the other places. But okay. then, but then all the other stuff you've said about all of it, all of it being physically connected, it almost sounds like it'd be like the worst, like yeah. all, all the runoff from the shit river, the blood river. Yeah. The... There's actually a lot in the the comedy about the way the which the rivers flow and how like their sources been were so on many earth. rivers. Yeah, they how the sources are on earth and then all these ones. And they have names like the river Acheron, the river Styx and the ri- river Colchis, I think there's another one. Mm-hmm. And how they like flow into the different areas and like where the sources are. So yeah, water is like a big thing and like rivers and like moving moving water is a big mm-hmm. thing for Dante. Um Okay, so you imagine quite regal. I thought it's regal just because Satan's there. I could be massively off and maybe it's just a pigsty. Okay. Circle nine is a frozen river. It's completely frozen. So Virgil calls to Dante as they're walking through this bit. Quote, watch your step. Don't plant those feet of yours on some poor head. We're here all brothers in this sorry crowd. Apologies, it's not Virgil speaking here. It's an actual another sinner there. I turned at this, this is Dante, and now could see around and all beneath my feet a lake of ice that seemed far less like water than clear glass. So they, the sinners here, are descended at different levels in the ice, probably according to the severity of their crimes and and who they betrayed. Mm -hmm. And there's one awesome bit about this dude's eyes being covered in ice. Gross. Cool imagery. Gross. Quote, they weep. Yet weeping does not let them weep. Their anguish meets a blockage at the eye. Because as they cry, it instantly freezes. That's that's quite brutal. Turned in, so turns into the eyes. This only makes their heartache more. 
their tears first cluster into frozen buds, and then, as though a crystal visor, fill the socket of the eye beneath each brow. So if you can imagine like some really cool like futuristic helmet which has like a visor over the eyes, but then imagine that's our ice that's grown into your eyes and across your face. Just just all sound blinded by this point. It's a really cool image. Yeah, so the the one soul they speak to is blinded by this ice and he begs them, begs Dante and uh, Virgil to remove the ice so they could have a proper conversation. Mm -hmm. And Dante and Virgil are like, speak man! (laughs) <laughs> tell us who you are and why you did this and conveniently he's Italian okay. um, and he's like please take the eyes off my eyes blah 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 this is who I am this is what I did please take the eyes from my eyes they get all the information off him and they just walk away these guys are dicks <laughs> they just walk away these two but there's like you belong dicks. here like well done for telling us everything see ya I mean they're, they're, they're traitors someone put their their faith in them Oh, they're traitoring against traitors, though, doesn't matter. Oh, okay, cool. I guess it evens out. So the reason why this circle of hell is frozen is because Satan is absolutely enormous. I've heard he's massive. Just from the Huge. game. From yeah. the game, from Dante's Inferno, apparently he's massive, and you see his dong, but yeah, that's besides the point. So he has great leathery bat wings behind him, and they're constantly like moving and, and, and flowing, which creates this really huge icy gust, um. which freezes this final river of hell. And so Satan himself is encased in the ice around his waist. This guy, Dante, had such a thing for waist. So all of his legs and lower body are trapped under the ice. So he's just immobile, just standing there, ripped with his giant bat Arms wings. and wings. And he also has three faces. Quote. He has one head, but three faces. Yeah. Quote. The emperor of all these realms of gloom stuck from the ice at midpoint on his breast. And I am more a giant to compare than any giant measured to his arm. So now you'll see how huge the whole must be when viewed in fit proportion to that limb. So one of his arms is as huge as a giant. Right. Okay. And that's just an arm. (laughs) How great a wonder it now seemed to me to see three faces on a single head. I've seen imagery before of like, yeah, of like three faces or one. It's normally that, it's normally that, uh, I've gotten it from like that. See no evil, hear no evil, do no evil, speak no evil, sorry. And it's just, yeah. Similar vibe. Also in the first Tomb Raider film. You had that giant statue, the three faces around the side of the head that turned. I don't remember the face, but, but, but that kind of imagery is... It's been too long for me to, to viably say yes or no. To, to Three this. heads is like a particularly... It, like, it, it's, it's a, a repeating image. pattern, isn't yeah, it? It's a, yeah. it's a, it's Again, a I don't know if that's a thing, thing that started from this or everyone got it from this and then it just went through history. Quote, Satan wept from all six eyes and down each chin both tears and bloody slobber slowly ran. So we have to remember that Satan is himself, even though he's dominion over over hell, he's also being punished himself. And he's trapped in the lowest ring of hell for instigating the war against heaven. For for betraying. And he's sad being there. He's he's like miserable. He doesn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. Um, Later on, uh, Milton writes Paradise Lost, which which paints a kind of different picture of Satan as more of a fallen anti-hero. Right. Whereas here it's just like, yeah, he is, he is also punished and, and miserable and regretting what he did because now he's cast out of heaven. In every mouth he mangled with his teeth a single sinning soul, but brought this agony to three at once. They're biting people. So 
around Satan in the river and all these kind of glaciers and stuff, you've got loads of traitors sunk deep into the ice Mm -hmm. or like sticking out of the ice. Or I just see or I've seen images of like just people's like hair and like everything else below ice. But they're still like alive and just trapped in the ice forever. Exactly like that. Exactly. Um, But the three worst traitors... Their spots are reserved for the three mouths of Satan. And so they're just being constantly... They're constantly being eaten. Constantly. Such biting affects the soul in front as nothing to the scratching he received. So there's two on the side and one in the middle. Mm -hmm. The two on the side aren't as bad as the middle one. Right. His spine... At sh- uh, sorry, such biting, though, affects the soul in front as nothing to the scratching he received. Who is this he? His spine at times showed starkly bare of skin, just constantly mangled in Satan's teeth. That one up there, condemned to greater pain, is Judas Iscariot. Oh, shit. They're bringing, they're bringing in all the classics now. So Gosh. the greatest betrayal. The ultimate betrayal. So, so, so that was his ultimate fate, being permanently chewed on by Satan in the lowest rung of hell. I mean, you've got Satan betraying God in the mm. war for heaven, and then you've got Judas betraying the Son of God, who is God Himself, yeah. to then be killed. Oh. Even though it's part of God's plan. I'm actually even though it's going to happen anyway. Yeah. Even though He wanted it to happen. Even though there's even no, though it's weird. Yeah, it's all. God's plan. Basically. It's part of Christianity that he died yeah. to take our sins. Yeah. But Judas is punished, uh-huh. even though he's doing what God wanted him to do. Yeah. Anyway, biggest trait. <laughs> but I actually bring him up. I didn't... Actually, no, it does It does make sense. I was, I was about to say, it's like, oh, I'm surprised we didn't hear more about the apostles in this. I was like, maybe they wouldn't be in hell. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That's probably the reason why. They're probably in Paradiso, yeah. I would imagine. Probably. And the other two faces are reserved for, quote, the other two, their heads hung, their heads hung down below, are Brutus... Mm-hmm. dangling from the jet black snout look how he arrives there uttering not a word the other cassius with burly look Who? cassius and brutus um they organized the murder and betrayal of julius caesar right okay et tu brute stabs right. judas in uh, tra- stabbed caesar in the back okay brutus and cassius were the ones who yeah incited the the mutiny against Julius Caesar okay, and stabbed I thought, him. I thought it was going to be like some other biblical figure, like, I don't know, like one of the thieves who was like hung up next to Jesus on the cross or if it was no. going to be... Um... They were redeemed, I think, in the Bible. I thought one of them they, was redeemed. One of them was redeemed, yeah. But, yeah. And then I thought like the other guy was going to be like um, either Cain or Abel or something like like whoever was the yeah. first one to like commit murder. And actually Cain, I think this realm that we're in now, the traitor's realm, there is like a moment where it's called like the Cain area it has a name that has Cain in it, which mm-hmm. is like what this area of hell is called. Um, and so that's all Satan, um, Satan really is. He's just like this ice monster and um, they see him there and it's kind of like, well, that was hell. Now it's time to go to Purgatorio. And they walk up to Satan and they go to his waist. They climb down, <laughs> his waist. they climb down him. Uh-huh. I've actually got a little diagram here to help you understand, Danny. So they climb down his waist through the mm-hmm. ice. I like how you drew the dong. Yeah. That's not a dong, that's an arrow. Of course. That's where they're going. Okay. So they <laughs> they sure. climb down through the ice and then... It flips. They they start coming out on the other side of the world. So then they're not going down anymore. They're going up. Right. Because it's like they, they're, they're climbing down with his legs and they go past like, like the southern hemisphere gravity and then suddenly flips. gravity shifts. So now they're standing on a surface looking up at the devil's feet. 
and they've got to climb up. They take a path to climb up and back out, Mm -hmm. which then takes them to purgatory, which leaves us at the end of hell. Beautiful. Dear God. What a journey. Thank you very much. I, 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 that was metal as hell, man. The I, images in there are unreal. The, the, the more you went on about it, the more I was like, I am so disappointed this hasn't been presented visually elsewhere, like just in a really definitive way. Like, like How good would this, would this be as a film? Also, how good would Revelation be as a film? Oh my like Christ. The, there's so much... Um, like, you know how you think of Lord of the Rings in a film, and it's like, that's a very definitive... Uh, representation or interpretation of the books. Like, I know they're, they're not 100% one-to-one, mm. but for the majority of people, like, when they picture Lord of the Rings, they picture the film and they picture it as a decent interpretation of the book. I would love that kind of definitive interpretation for something like this, for, for the Divine Comedy or for the... The images are sitting there, they're waiting, there. just waiting. I mean, I think I think the, the purpose behind it, I think I think... The story of the film wouldn't be good. No, it wouldn't be good. At all. <laughs> it, it, it would just be Dante being complimented every couple of minutes. Because it'd be quite an overly religious film. But the, imi- just a bit. <laughs> the imagery would be so cool. So, Danny, what circle of hell do you think Minos would send you down to? What? What? How many times would he wrap his tail around you <laughs> before he cast you away? I. I, I I don't know. I would like to think I wouldn't be there in the first place. You can't go by. Right severity of the punishment uh-huh. you've got to go by your actual sin not one would you prefer to be in which one would you which probably one do, actually do be in? i think okay i probably wouldn't be with the murderers i hope i don't so, know so we had circle we had limbo mm-hmm. then we had the carnal well, well, lust well, then we the had thing. the lustful if, if i was to give you an actual proper serious answer yeah i'd be in limbo because i because i am not a religious man i would be i would get there and they'd be like, you don't even believe in any of this. True. And you know, so you think you'd, be, you'd, you'd live a good life anyway. And Well, no, I'm saying if I was, um, you know, if I was to be judged on anything, that would be the first one. But in looking at the rest of it, so like lust, gl- you know what? Gluttony is probably the closest I'd get to. I, I kind of, yeah, I think I'd end up in like someone that's about like an over excess or something. Mm-hmm. I, if, if I was going to be guilty of anything, I think it'd be like an over-excess of something. An over-excess of awesome teaching. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, Danny, you've been through hell, quite literally. Um, are you still 30 for knowledge? I'm so 30 for knowledge. I, I genuinely want to read up more about this now. And I want to find some freaking visuals of this stuff. Yeah, I want, I want to see more of this. You want, you, want, you want to see it like brought to life? I want to see it brought to life and I, I would love... I, I, I get what you're saying, it'd be a really crap film. <laughs> I mean, Just in terms of story. It, it would have to be like a, a weird concept alternative film where there's like no dialogue and it's just these two bumbling douchebags just going through the different levels being like, oh, that's that's wild. Yeah. And going on to the next one. Yeah, I think I'd definitely end up in like the area of over-excess. Over-excess. I, yeah, I'd been in... I'd probably be in gluttony potentially maybe apathy depending on their interpretation oh no you wouldn't be you care about things though you do things i do but i'd also get there be like oh well whatever or or, or they'd be like what circle of hell do you think you should go to i was like i don't care just send me wherever they'd be like apathy so you think you'd end up being one of the people pushing the boulders up the hill for the rest of your life were they ones getting to the argument and they have to start again forever what was the sin for that one again was that that's greed and avarice 
Remember Hoarders no, I, and... I, I didn't... I said I would prefer that one. Oh, okay. Because out of all the horrific punishments... It's not. It doesn't seem about, as bad. It didn't seem as bad. But then you told me about the guys with the lead capes, and I was like, that's cool. I, I build the muscle for that after a couple of years. <laughs> you should have a soul be wedged. I should be walking around. And also, this is a really... I don't know if your, your soul can gain muscle mass. I think it's just, like, fixed. <laughs> Apart from injuries, it's fixed. <laughs> but Because but, that was the College of Hypocrites, wasn't it? Yeah. And I just, firstly, I love the name. The College. Col- College of Hypocrites. I just like Yeah, the, the College of Hypocrites, yeah. Just because if I if I was to go back and be a teenager again, that would be my teen band the name. College of Hypocrites, yeah! yeah exactly. Rock on, man. My indie band name would be that. But also, too, the, the stupidest thought, which has nothing to do with any of this. I think it's because we're talking about ancient people and historical names. And I saw the word hypocrites. And I was like, why the fuck weren't they called Hippocrates? That's just all I could think of. You were, you were explaining all this amazing stuff about the Divine Comedy, and my brain just went to... To Hippocrates or to Hippocrates? Hippocrates. That is the question. I think that would be like my ancient Greek name. Just It's him, Hippocrates. Oh God, don't listen to him. <laughs> um, so I hope you've enjoyed this Descent into Hell. Um, did, did, did you enjoy reading up on it? Uh, it, was, it was so much fun reading it um, and reading up on it. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot it's of a lot. information to carry in my head. And as I said, like the subtleties sometimes, that's where it was difficult, where the subtleties weren't as clear cut. Yeah. And it's like the Sodomite bit. It's like nowhere does it say that the people in the poem are, it doesn't actually say Sodomites. Mm-hmm. It just says that in like people's notes and like the research that I've done around the so text. a bunch of people who've interpreted it after the fact. And the strange thing is with the Sodomites as well, it's not, it wasn't so much that, Dante particularly had a thing against homosexuals at all mm-hmm. because he must have known the Romans and the Greeks had like little, little, little bum boys and stuff. He, he but was... It, was, it was against... <laughs> <laughs> he definitely knew that. <laughs> this is public information, yes. So so that's what, you know, Bur- Virgil and like, you know, Aristotle aren't in that section. But I think <laughs> it goes back to, again, overabundance. Mm-hmm. And it's just like... If you lived all of your life that way, if you were always doing it in the bum, it's completely against it. And I think I think that also covers just like general like maybe it covers generally homosexuality. But if it's just like if that's your whole life as opposed to like you had like you know you you bummed a boy at some point, you had a little had a little what tryst. The hell are we talking about? You had a tryst, but you were sorry for it, Danny. You did your hail mary pass. You 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 repented. Fine, you could still go to heaven. But um, I don't, men, I don't the, think it's the, necessarily like as harsh as it sounds. What's the guy's name again? Menos. Menos, yeah. Menos. Does he like read us out to you like when you're there? He's like, so you bummed someone once, <laughs> did you? And, and you're just, just the one time. And you're just standing there like, oh, well, you know, I was young and <laughs> experiment. <laughs> and he curls around you. And then down you go into the <laughs> the the ring of uh, sodomites. I only did it once. <laughs> I only did it once. I was oh, then you wouldn't go there then. It's fine. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, I've been George. I've been Danny. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, if there's any corrections you'd like to make, or if you'd like to talk to us, or <laughs> you just want to say hello, please send us an email at 30 outlook.com and follow us on Instagram. At 30 knowledge. And uh, we will see you next time for episode four. Four? Yes, a normal episode four, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great. I mean, we had another episode in between that, but yeah. Oh, do we? Well, we had side quest. Oh, we might have a side quest. Oh, no, we had side quest. Yeah, but that's not, that doesn't count in the string of episodes. This, this we can have this argument okay. off, 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 off radio. Yeah. Bye. Off radio. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. Bye.